Top 5. My name is Chance Brown. I'll be your host for today. If you are new to the Top 5 program, Top 5 is a place where we bring real estate industry leaders, we bring business executives, and they come and share their top five best practices and whatever their expertise is. And I am excited to welcome Anthony Margulis to the show today. Anthony and his team at Amalfi Estates in Pacific Palisades area of California. They're a top 25 team in the country, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. He's a luxury specialist and all around just awesome guy. And so we're excited to have him here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chance. I'm excited to be here. So our topic for today is how to kind of break into the luxury niche. So why don't you tell everybody kind of how you got your start as just, you know, normal realtor um, and how you sorted got your way into to doing more luxurious listings than the average the average guy out there. Sure, ha- happy to. Um, so it was a transition. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I started my company and my team about 26 years ago. We're based in Pacific Palisades, as you mentioned. We're between Santa Monica and Malibu, and um, we we were AM Realty when we started. It was my initials, and um, we. Um, had a certain brand and about 15 years ago decided to rebrand into the luxury market. So we renamed it Amalfi Estates, which still took my two initials. Um, it's one of the streets in the Palisades where we live, where a lot of celebrities uh, live. It was named after the Italian Riviera. Um, so it has a little cachet there. And we really just went after the luxury market. And by doing that, we in- had intentionality chance. So we made sure that we everything from our clothes and our brand and our car and our collateral material and our marketing pieces uh, were really directed more at a high-end, classier clientele. Um, gotcha. it, you know, it definitely it has to be intentional. It can't just be an oversight. So you said it's a process. So walk us through that you're selling the average priced home in your neighbor in your area and then you make this decision and it takes you how long to really kind of hit your stride in that uh, so the key yeah um how long take it to hit our stride i mean it, it take it took a good couple years to really get comfortable in that marketplace um i think the key is is really knowing your data and knowing your like the average median average price, median price, the cost per square foot. Also, it's really important if you want to break into a higher price point chance to go to as many open houses as possible. I know there's not that many open houses now with COVID, but really just to get educated on what is happening in the luxury market and know it as well as your current market. So when you get that call to have a listing appointment on a property that may be a million dollar listing, maybe it's a $2 million listing, you're going to be a lot more comfortable Also, by going to the open houses, you can see how some of these agents, how they show the house. You can look at their collateral material. You can look at maybe what they do differently, um, what you can learn from, what you can maybe improve upon. So it's just really good doing your due diligence and really um, being educated. Um, And and one thing we did, which was really helped a lot, um, I don't know if a lot of your listeners have teams or not, or if they're growing their team. But we changed the title of our buyer's agents to sales partners. And it was really a game changer, especially if you want to break into the luxury market. Because when you are trying to refer out, if you're a team leader and you're trying to refer out a high-end buyer 
and you go, here's my buyer's agent, as opposed to here's my sales partner, it has a completely different um, intentionality. And, and the way the client uh, perceives it, plus the way your buyer's agent's going to feel, well, I'm a sales partner. So it's, right. I think it's really important how you're labeling your team members. It's way more than just semantics, right? It's just, it's the impression that everybody's going to take from that. hundred percent. Yeah. Great. All right. So do we want to jump into our top five for today? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Tip number one, what you got? First, you got You got to look the part. So we talked about that. Um, everything from your business card, you know, uh, you may think your business card's not that important, but if you're going to go out to the luxury market, try and get the thickest business card you can. It'd be like a piece of wood. <laughs> the thicker, the better. You want someone to look at it and go, wow, you, you just gave me six cards. You go, no, no, it's my one card. Um, you want it to show class. You want it to um, ideally be elegant and simple. Um, I'm not a huge fan of having pictures on the cards, but if that's done in your marketplace, go for it. Um, I just think simple and elegant is really the way to go. Um, I think it really, really helps. And the thing about upgrading, I mean, is your car nice enough to take around a million or $2 million client? If it's not, you may want to think about, you know, uh, we used to do this uh, quite a bit, is you you rent out a car, you know, a nice black SUV, hire a driver, they take you around when you're going out with your clients. Just a very good first impression. So look the part, own it. And a lot of it just comes down to confidence. And you get that confidence by tip number two. That's knowing your luxury market. So it's so, so important. If I asked you or if another, if a client asked you, you know, tell me what the top 10% of, where are the top 10% of homes in your area? You need to know them. You need to know how long they're on the market for. You need to know um, everything about them. You know, who are the buyers for those homes? Are they doctors, lawyers, investment bankers? Are they athletes? And just really dive deep into that market. So you're pulling data from obviously, you know, places like the MLS, but also where else are you getting those insights? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, I was like, I like having fun trying to take and keep getting a more expensive, more expensive listing so you can test out your marketing materials. Meaning like if you, if, if in your marketplace, the average price is 500,000, you want to break into the million dollar home market. And you go, wow, there's this couple of really cool things I've seen that I really want to test out. That's that's really the time to do it. For example, we started doing the virtual marketing books. The um, I'm blanking the word on it, but uh, it's Present, I, listen, it's like your listing li- presentation, right? Yeah, listing presentation. So it's a video, it's a video book. And you know, a lot of people go, wow, those are expensive, and I don't know if I want to do it. You can get them down to about thirty dollars a piece, and you open it up, and it's literally a computer. Um, marketing about either yourself or about that property. And it's a game changer. Everyone else is bringing a one page flyer or maybe a glossy brochure. And you walk into a listing appointment with uh, the video book, completely different, completely different game changer. Um, I still have your old, the the ones you did before that, the leather bound, you know, looked like a hardcover book. (laughs) I still have a copy of it sitting right over here that I still show people. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah, and you're like two, two, two beyond that now. Two, yeah, two generations. So what you're referring to is um, that's uh, the binding machine in-house, and uh, it's a hardback, and you can create your own. They're really easy to do, and people are really impressed with it um, just because you're, you're setting yourself a little bit different than, than a lot of your competition. Um, other things that are kind of cool, um, you know, not just knowing your luxury market, but really being involved in a, a 
lot of luxury designations. So there's um, uh, several of them out there and just really being, um, taking the next step up. So give you an example. I went to Harvard Business School for a weekend class on advanced negotiating. And I did that. So my higher end clients would be like, wow, okay, you went to Harvard Business School. For, right. I, yeah, you, you can't take it online. You know, well, now they might because of COVID. But at the time, you actually had to fly out there and to be, you know, go to Boston and uh, actually take the, take the seminar. So it, it's just important to distinguish yourself because your clientele most likely is going to be a little bit more sophisticated. So you have to rise to that level. Right, right. That makes sense. All right, so that's got us through looking the part, knowing your stuff. Yeah, knowing your stuff is important. So yeah, and, and the seminars, yeah, the seminars just so there's the luxury home marketing designation. Uh, that's a great one. Um, it uh, Lori Moore Moore had run it, and I think she she sold it to another individual. But it's a great uh, great way to really get out there and separate yourself on the luxury uh, marketplace. And, and they've join got some cool. They've got some cool tools in the background too that you can use, right? They have some great ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah they really do. So, um, so that's good. And then another one, writing articles in your local paper and online. And that's easy to do. I actually got that idea from uh, Luxury Home Marketing. Um, basically, take the most expensive home in your marketplace that's sold or that's on the market. It doesn't have to be your listing. Write an article about it. So, so one of my agents, and, and you're, you're going to laugh when I say this, there was a billion-dollar listing, a billion with a B, in our marketplace, it wasn't really a home. It was like land. It was like several hundred acres of land in Beverly Hills. So one of my agents wrote an article about it, got it published in our local paper. She posted it on social media, and she got all these people congratulating her on thinking they sold that home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so I'm telling you, anything you can do to leverage, write articles in local paper, write articles about, you know, new trends in the luxury market, how porcelain tile is really popular now, how uh, home theaters are popular, cigar rooms are popular, um, whatever you can think of that will really generate you as the expert in the luxury home market. That's what you really want to do. And so you got to really, you know, align yourself with the local you know, it could be the local real estate blog or the local real estate paper or Inman News or whatever the local real estate publication is that you can get into. I just recommend um, working that relationship. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So that, uh, that takes us to our, our, our next bullet point, which is? Next bullet point. Um, from memory. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, sponsoring or attending luxury uh, events. So. In our area, for example, there's golf tournaments, a lot of charity events uh, around the golf course. See if you can sponsor one of those. We also sponsor a polo event every year. Uh, you can sponsor car shows. Uh, wine events are good. Um, the, the, the polo one was really good for us. Um, and it just, you know, if there's a, uh, if you're near the water and there's maybe a marina or a yacht club, you know, try and join the yacht club. Or if there's private beach clubs, try and join the private beach clubs. Um, wherever you can associate yourself with people with means that you can be seen as an equal with them, it's really important to do. Um, we love getting involved in charity boards, Chance. So yeah. if there's a charity that you're really into, if you can get involved in that board, um, it's a fantastic way to meet 
people that usually have needs. Um, I think it's a great way. And we do, we do a lot of charitable giving. And so that kind of helps align with our core values of our, of our team. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of charitable giving. Y'all give a ton of money to charity over a million dollars, right? Yeah. We we give a decent amount. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so. I mean, so, it's uh, so impressive what y'all have done with that. You know, we we we've started a, a foundation here, and we're we're building towards that. But we look at y'all, and we're like, holy cow, a million over a million dollars into the community. That's that's just fantastic, man. Yeah, well, fantastic. thank you. No, I know. I I hear what you're doing, and it's very impressive. I mean, everyone does, whether it's putting in time or money or resources. You know, whatever we can do to make the world better. So that's right. That's, That's why right. we're all here. You know, I think one of the things that that we often take for granted is as as agents, and you know, I talk about it. I specifically talk about it when we're doing our new hire orientations at our brokerage, but I, I try to bring it up often enough because I don't think we do enough of this as practitioners. Is really just sit back and think about the responsibility that we have in protecting and procuring really a huge chunk of what is the American dream. Right. And so I just think that that's an awesome responsibility. And I think that we owe it to the communities that we serve to ensure their vibrancy for years to come. Uh, Uh, 100%. The only way to do that is to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. California just became uh, this year a renter state. First time in the history of California, there's more renters than homeowners. And the biggest fear is exactly what you said. A lot of these, a lot of these people, whether they're policemen or whether they're teachers, they retired because of the equity in their homes. And if they're not homeowners now, they're not going to have that equity. Yep. So um, I, I 100%, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. No, we, and, uh, and ju- yeah. So, you know, one of the interesting things about that, and we're totally getting off topic, but I don't care because it's good because it's good conversation. So, uh, but one of the interesting things about that was when we were trying to, to, figure out kind of the direction we wanted our charitable giving to go. The, the reality was we started pulling the thread on, on what you just said, which is if most people's wealth is, is wrapped up in their home, then why don't people buy homes? And we went to NAR. We have a, a an amazing organization here in Texas called the Texas A&M real estate center. And we went to them and we started asking and the truth of the matter is they've studied home ownership nine ways to Sunday, but they haven't really studied the people who don't buy homes. And so fortunately Texas A&M real estate center was able to give us some data. Uh, but really that's kind of been as far as our charitable giving here at the brokerage has been the direction we've gone in is how do we help at risk kids reach their full potential so that they go out, they get jobs and they break these generational poverties, uh, poverty cycles and are able to achieve more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really a lot of it's passive income. You buy your first property if you're younger and you 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 rent it out and in 30 years it'll be free and clear. Right. So uh, it's just real estate, you know, we're all big, big believers in it. So And then next thing you know, you're moving to Pacific Palisades and buying a home for me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And just so. as a as a parting as a parting note, I mean, just as a I was like giving, you know, a little kind of a, a game plan for people wanting to break in. Just set a goal of doing 20% higher price properties. So everyone's into units, right? They go, okay, I did 50 units or I did 100 units or I did whatever the number of units and they try and increase their units. They can increase their average sales price. They're going to get such a higher return on that investment. So just to be intentional about it, say, look, 
if my average sales price is 500,000, next year I want it to be $600,000. Next year after that, I want it to be $720,000. And just slowly work your way up. Um, I think there's a, a, a lot of huge rewards in doing so. Because you have mentioned it before, I've heard you when you're speaking that it's actually a far easier group of people to work with, right? Much easier. Yeah. There, there's a misconception that people with money are going to be a lot more difficult. Most of them are going to be all cash. Most of them don't need to get a loan. Most of them, um, for the most part, are going to be pretty much easier to work with as opposed to first-time homebuyers. And, um, you know, on the super high end, you're going to deal with business managers and probably an attorney and some additional handlers. So that's a little different set of challenges. But in general, people with a, with a lot of money, they're going to respect you and your time and what you do. Um, and, yeah, just because they're more sophisticated. So Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Great. Anything else you want to share? No, that's it. All right. Yeah. So if somebody needed, if somebody had a referral out, how would they get hold of Anthony and his team at Amalfi Estates? Uh, our website. Thank you for asking. So it's amalfiestates.com. It's like the Amalfi Coast in Italy. So it's A-M-A-L-F-I and then estates, E-S-T-A-T-E-S.com. Okay. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show today, Anthony. We appreciate it. This is great stuff for anybody looking to break into the luxury marketplace. Uh, thank you for taking the time to watch. Uh, and I hope that you'll be able to take these tips, put them in your business and have a long-term successful career here in real estate. So have a great day and we'll see you next time on top five. 